Welcome back to the BM Down Podcast. Welcome on to Summer Sessions. These are uh, sessions that are outside the regular docket, but are on uh, the summer where we get to prep for Apex coming up. David, how's it going? Going fantastic. Yes, we are very excited to uh, be getting into uh, Apex coming up very, very soon here. Uh, if you are new here and you're not aware of what Apex is, uh, that is our uh, biggest event that we put on here at Unbound. Uh, all of our current students and any of our alumni are welcome to join. Uh, it is up in Lake City, Michigan, and it is an absolute blast. Yes, sir. Well, today we have one of our speakers who is going to be at Apex this year. Uh, she is a creative, a speaker, a writer, very excited about what she is bringing to Apex, but we get a conversation with her today. David, tell us more about Jenny. Yes, so Jenny Randall, uh, she is an Emmy award-winning editor uh, who started out with a career in Hollywood and has gone on to be a faith-based author who has uh, written uh, three books. Uh, she is a national speaker and uh, she is also a fellow podcaster. So. Uh, we are very excited to have her on the show today to talk to us a little bit about what she does uh, with some of her books, with some of her creative uh, endeavors, and uh, what she'll be talking about us with at Apex. This was a very fun conversation. Looking forward to jumping in. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Well, uh, we are excited to have Jenny Randall joining us today. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We're excited to have you today, and we are excited to be having you uh, in August for Apex. Yes, I am so thrilled. I cannot wait to hang out with everyone. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so just to uh, kick things off a little bit, uh, since a lot of our audience may not be uh, aware of you or know much about you, uh, give us a little bit of an introduction of uh, who you are and your journey to where you are today. Yes. Well, I feel like I'm hanging out with some creative all-stars here on this podcast, so this is going to be a fun conversation with you guys. Um, I have always been creative. And I had this defining moment in third grade where we were like auditioning our classmates and we had a video camera and we wrote the script and we were making this movie. Obviously, I use that term loosely for my teacher. And when she when we went to play it for her in class, I ended up watching her instead of the movie. And she was like laughing when it was supposed to be funny. And she was getting emotional during the emotional parts. And I just remember as a third grader being like, committed to whatever this was, whatever was happening here, I want to do that for the rest of my life. And I went on this journey to figure out what that looked like. I studied television in college. I was a DJ on a radio station. I tried out in high school or in um, elementary school, I tried out for the musical. That did not go well. I am tone deaf. That was a disaster. So I was trying to find out where my talents and, and that recreating that in the trajectory of my life. And I eventually landed um, at, in television and had my first uh, career goals to be a video editor where I worked in Hollywood for years um, and then transitioned to a whole bunch of other things after that. But um, the creative adventure of my life is just this theme of 
Like it's so fun. At 18, I became a Christian and I felt the Lord call me to impact all forms of media. And it was just like this, like, ah, moment that I was like, all right, let's figure out what this looks like. And I, I've been figuring that out. And it's been this adventure the last seven years of me transitioning from behind the scenes to more in front through speaking and writing and things of that nature. Yes, I very much relate. <laughs> That's the whole creative life of just trying a million different things, even just watching people's reactions and being like, yes, that is so cool. Uh, I want to inspire that for people. And on that note, um, and I know a lot of our Unbound students will kind of relate to this process, but was this something where you kind of figured out uh, what you liked along the way as you just tried different things? Now, of course, you're a speaker and writer. Uh, so amazing to see how the Lord has led you to your dream and, and doing all these things. Was this something that you, again, just experimented with and uh, discovered along the way? Or was there always something where you were like, I wanted to go for this direction? Yeah, well, I found in, I always loved the video camera. So I didn't know like what side of that would pan out to be. Um, but I did enter college having, okay, you guys might be too young for Dawson's Creek, but do you remember that show where Dawson Leary like always carried around his video camera? Did you ever watch that show? Honestly, <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm so a little tragic. young for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> so tragic. All right, I'm not advising it. It's a little like, I don't know, whatever, it's fine. But anyways, I was the girl always walking around with a video camera in high school and like doing the videos and figuring out how to do video editing. So I went into college saying I want to be a video editor. Um, I tried to make that fit for a career within churches, but I just ended up in the entertainment industry first, which I always joke that was the highlight of my career and it's gone downhill since. But it, so I did go in with the mindset like, yeah, let's figure out this video editing thing. And it was right on the cusp of nonlinear editing, which is editing on your computers and having fancy software going from analog to digital. And I'm only 40, which says a lot. So that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I'm a. I started out as an editor myself. Um, that's a whole other podcast episode where I would love to geek out about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but tell us about uh, Freedom Creatives, and it's such a cool ministry that you and your husband work on. Tell us more about that and what you do with the ministry. Yes. So when I was working in the entertainment industry, I felt that God called me out of it. And he was like, he called me into speaking. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. That was in my early 20s. And um, so it was a long process of ignoring that and fighting through it and figuring out what this actually looks like. So 10 years later, I got the guts to actually do this thing and um, transition career focus. And I ended up seeing in the trajectory of where God had placed me to work, there was this really heartache that I felt for creatives because I feel like as a creative person, we can be so eclectic and expressive and, but then it's so hard a lot of times to find your voice and how to um, use your voice in a biblical way. And what does that actually look like? And it's so easy to just shrink back. And so there were so many different, um, layers to that where I found myself gravitating towards um, encouraging creatives within different church environments and at conferences. And that really 
began to be my heartbeat. And that's where my first book was birthed out of. And so what Freedom Creatives is, is our ministry. After my first book came out called Courageous Creative, um, we were like, let's, let's do this. Let's do this thing. So we formally created a 501c3 um, and have a ministry where we help and equip creatives step into their calling. And we do that through answering three of the biggest questions, which is, who are you, who is God, and what am I called to do? So in that, there's personal development, but it also spiritual development and understanding the theology of who God is. And because of that, we can understand how he's equipping and what he's inviting us to do. And then there's a practical side of it, like how am I actually going to do this thing? So it's been a joy um, stepping into Freedom Creatives. We have classes and prayer time and coaching and all different layers of stuff. But I love the people I get to work with now, because some are launching a retreat center, some are writing books, some are like building up their businesses. And it's so, and that some are ministry minded and going into the church and like teaching their people how to do things. So it's been really fun to be on this side of it, just encouraging and being a mentor for other creatives. Yeah, that that is super cool because that that is definitely something that uh, I I think uh, Abe and I can both attest to the fact that uh, as creative people who are called to like use our gifts of creativity uh, by God, it can sometimes be very challenging to find uh, the best way or the best outlet uh, to use that and to find exactly uh, where and how to do that in the most God honoring way that uh, fulfills what you were created to do. So I really resonate with that. Yeah. And I, it's interesting too, because in a lot of creative output or a lot of things that we create, there has to be numbers around it. Do you know what I mean by that? Like marketing numbers. And if you're in there's creative, a pressure for, for numbers. Yes. There's always this mm-hmm. pressure to meet the numbers or to get a bigger reach or to have the right eyes in the right places. And that can be overwhelming and like building a platform, I'm using air quotes, building a platform can be paralyzing and make people like, I don't even want to show up at all. This is disgusting. So I think even like being like, man, pressure is off, like do your best, but also know that your identity isn't on those numbers. Your identity is uh, under the authority of Christ, if you have a relationship with him. So like pressures off, lean into the things you feel called to create and know that metrics are a part of the job and that's okay, but it doesn't have to paralyze you from moving forward. Yeah, that is... Amen. <laughs> I definitely wish uh, I would have had somebody try to hammer that into my head uh, probably two or three years ago. Uh, so, uh, but that transitions really well into another question that uh, we were wondering about is that especially for uh, our audience as uh, unbound students, uh, a lot of whom are very, very creative uh, people who have a lot of fantastic ideas, um, but aren't exactly sure what direction to take it in. Um, especially with understanding God's calling. Uh, what What is your view on having a healthy theology of understanding our career or our calling, specifically in a creative space? Theology is just understanding the nature of God. I've studied the creative meta-narrative in the Bible. So the, the, the story of the Bible is there's Creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or some call it new creation. So if you study that and look at the create, like creatively, how that weaves into that, you see that even before sin entered the world in Genesis, God in Genesis 2, God put Adam to work and he said, 
He put him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep it, the Bible says. And then you see it goes on and then he tells him, hey, don't go do that tree thing. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> um, but then the coolest part is that I think we often overlook is that God called Adam to name all the animals and all the livestock. And what he does is he's equipping him to do something that God could have already done himself. Cause we see in Genesis one, God already knew how to name things. Cause that's what, that's what he does in Genesis one. And now he's calling Adam to come partner with him on something and to steward the ground, to steward, to, to give creative expression to things. Um, and then sin comes and blows everything up. But if we look at that, that before sin was there, Adam entered in and just did the job and God brought him the animals. He named the animals, did the job. And I think if we look at our own story of what it looks like to walk in our calling and our creativity, the greatest thing we can do, the healthiest theology we can have is one that's simply obedience. So if God is inviting us to step into an area to uh, do something big, to do something that seems small, our greatest response is yes and amen, let's do this thing. And to trust that God will provide the fairy resources we need to pull that off. So um, I think Adam is a great example of that. And then um, because of the redemptive work of Christ, we have uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to help us, to uh, give us wisdom in what that looks like as we step into our career or calling. I think it really goes into uh, something that we've learned and we talk about in our leadership courses where there is the importance of story and how God is weaving his big story. We are part of his story. We have our story. And um, as you said, you know, it, it, a lot of times we think we're the hero, but you know, it's the, God is the one making everything happen and obedient. Obedience is so huge. And so uh, I have a couple of questions. I, if, you don't mind, I'd love to pick your brain on this. And I know you talk about some of this in your new book. So we'll talk about that in a second. Very excited about that. But coming from the perspective of young adults, um, especially for our um, listeners, a lot of us are students or parents of students looking into just uh, entering life, entering your career. I think there is a lot of, um, we can call it hesitation or, or different things about understanding how this works. Do you think as we look into, you know, being creative or pursuing your dream, uh, if there is a certain, I, I want to say maybe maturity level, you know, of course we need to obey. That is, you know, that's it, right? Obey God. Um, but as you've said in your own journey and I've experienced myself, there's different things that you have to do. You have to fail sometimes. You have to trip over yourself a little bit. And um, what do you think is, a good uh, perspective as you know that there's a lot you need to learn. There's a lot of like ups and downs um, and you don't feel like you can fully pursue what you, what God has called you to pursue yet. Does that make sense? So if you're like in a development stage or it, the years, a work in progress where you have to go through certain steps to get to that, is that what you're sure. asking? Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think God can give us big vision and it can, it's not always in the next day. When I was like, oh, I'm going to go make it in the entertainment industry. I didn't move out there and sit in front of a computer and start editing. I had to answer phones and be a receptionist, right? So oftentimes God will 
give us vision for something, but we have to work. We, we have to steward that thing and show up and be responsible with it. Um, I think we can get super egotistical if we're like, mm -hmm, I have a calling on my life. Let me in and give <laughs> yeah. me this thing and give me the spot. And it's like, well, like you have to work for it. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, God can do whatever he wants really, but oftentimes we have to steward the areas and be responsible in the ways he's entrusting us to. And I think it starts being responsible with the small stuff too, right? Like I had to answer those phones the right way or they were going to fire me. And eventually my boss said, Hey, you can use the software at night. And I got to teach myself how to edit. So then I was able to edit at night. And then just more and more opportunities came from me stewarding those stupid phone calls and learning how to make coffee. Like I didn't want to do that at all, but I, but that was a part of the process. And I think too, when we look at our calling, it can seem so big or overwhelming and we need to trust the voices of reason in our life. I say that hesitantly, but I, I say it with grace because God has put leaders and mentors and people in our lives. Even now I have mentors and leaders, obviously, but I'm pastors and wise counsel when we do have something that seems big or crazy or might change the trajectory of your whole life. It is good to get that input from other leaders that you trust and that uh, are walking in integrity and to really uh, have them help you figure out what does this actually look like? Because they might be the good voice of reason that's like, well, maybe you should take a class here or maybe you need to learn this skill rather than just shipping you out to Africa to go out on the mission field. I don't know. So so I'll, I think there's grace in the process. Um, and I, I believe we think there's going to be this moment where we're like, oh, I've arrived. And we never have that moment until we're face to face with Jesus. Like I've, I've won great awards and have felt successful at points, but, but I never have that feeling like I've arrived the next day. I feel like the biggest insecure loser. Like we're always in process figuring this thing out. And I, and the greatest thing of chasing a dream or walking out a season of calling is that we get to do it with Jesus. And I always say it's like the greatest tr trust exercise we can do, which is like just day by day taking whatever step of faith he invites us to do. And it could be as simple as talking to the person right in front of you and making space to have a 30 minute conversation with your neighbor or taking a class that takes you to the next level in that thing. I love that. Um, just the idea of never really arriving. I, I think that's something that, yes, <laughs> When you're younger, you kind of have that mindset of like, oh, I, I'll do this and I've gotten there. Um, but I, I love that where it's it's a journey, it's continual um, and it's a process to there's always something to learn. And um, and I think that's something that's so cool. And I think going a little deeper into that uh, concept in question is how I know for my own life, I've seen where there's projects that I've wanted to do and I've attempted. I know a lot of fellow Creative Unbounders listening will relate. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> where we tried projects and you mentioned like the early like film projects, you do stuff and then you look at it, and you're like, eh, right. Um, and then there's a certain maturity to being like, I am not fully ready. <laughs> like I have a vision for something and I need to keep trying. Um, and uh, there's also the aspect of you know, for me, for example, knowing that there is this some, something I want to do, let's say a story I want to tell on film, but I don't exactly have the skills and, and tools to, to tell that story yet. Um, and so 
with that, let me ask my next question, which is, do you think, um, or is there a, a difference between confidence in just your own skills and yourself? Honestly, it's slightly prideful, right? How, um, how can you gauge that versus a, a healthy confidence in the skills God has given you? And, um, you know, saying like, okay, this is what I can do. This is what God's given you. You need the confidence itself, like slipping into that pride. Does that make sense? This is such a loaded conversation because everyone's situation is different. So when I yeah. when I'm giving these responses, please take take that into account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think <laughs> no, 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 because my mind's spinning because yeah. I have some people that I coach that are professional um, learners, meaning they're constantly just collecting information, how to do everything, how to get ready, but they never actually take action. So it paralyzes them from even any momentum at all. Um, but that's not what you were describing. You were describing getting getting equipped to take action well, which is completely different. Um, so I think it's I think it's so key in our calling to be so self aware with who we are and how we process information. So me knowing that I can tend to procrastinate, so I won't do the job, and then like check myself, like, oh, am I pretending I need to answer all these emails right now, or do I actually have to answer all these emails right now because I'm avoiding something else? Like, so just being fully so, and the Holy Spirit brings self awareness to us, right, in how we work and why we do the things we do. So I think being self aware is a key component to um, to godly confidence. I think. Taking a spiritual gifts assessment is great. So knowing your strengths, taking a strength finder, or I'm sure you guys do that in your program, one of those assessments to figure out how you're wired. Do you guys do that in your program? Yeah, we have some, um, I'll be honest, it's been a minute for myself personally. (laughs) You didn't memorize every single component that you guys have done. Right. (laughs) We did do this in our, yes, with leadership courses, um, uh, L3. Yes. So oh, very yeah. much relate Some, to that. Yeah. Like an assessment. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing I found confidence in was when a mentor gave me three different types of assessments and then was just like, this is the way God wired you now go and do it. And it was, it was so, it was like the permission I didn't know I needed. Um, And so I think those can help bring a godly confidence to the strengths that God has given you and the talents and abilities. Our confidence rides on the fact that God, (laughs) we are living our life for him, um, through him and because of him. And if we start to think we're living our life to build that thing, or we're living our life to reach that level of success, or we can't continue going on because we failed, then that is putting confidence in ourself. I think often even in our failures, we inadvertently are being arrogant because we've stopped moving forward in what God called us to do. Maybe arrogance is the wrong word, but it still shows that we're being confident in the wrong thing. So if we fail, if we succeed, that should not be definers of who we are. And we will have both in our calling and in our careers. So I think, um, Continuing to put God first is how we live a godly, confident life. And knowing that in our fail, man, did you guys ever hear my, I'm going to tell you my voiceover story. This was talk about a failure. So I was teaching myself that editing software one night and the sound guy comes in and he was like, Jenny, we really need your voice. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is my moment. I didn't even know I wanted a moment. And this is my moment. So he brought me in the sound studio and it was this professional microphone. There was this fancy glass behind the glass were three studio executives who were super fancy and like scary. And I was the only woman there. So that's really why they invited me in to do this thing. Cause there was this famous actress's voice who wasn't syncing up in this movie trailer and it was due the next day. This was like an international movie spot. And I was about to be the famous voiceover. David, I feel like you're going to love this story. It was my moment to get my voiceover chops. And so I got on the microphone and the guy's like, okay, here's the line. And you have to say it in a British accent. And anyone that knows me knows that I tend to over-dramatize things and cannot perform to save my life. So he did the countdown thing and pointed at me. And I was like, would you light me a candle for my birthday? It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, this is me. Like, I'm going to make it in this town. And you guys, that went on for an hour, an hour of horrible agony. And they were trying to coach me like, control like bring it down a little bit like don't be so dramatic maybe say it less and I couldn't do it and finally I had I had confidence in myself walking in there and it just wasn't a skill I had and finally I was like I I can't I can't do this so we ended up I was like can we call my friend so we called my friend she came in and did it in one take and we all got to go home but if I stayed in that failure, I wouldn't have thought of a solution. If I stayed in that failure, I wouldn't have had a defining moment a year later where I was on the other side of the glass and I got to use my horrible failure to actually coach other voiceover artists. So then I was the one that was being like, punch the line here, do it here. So it was a beautiful redemptive moment for me where I was like, okay, you can see throughout our failures and in the pursuit of our career and callings that God can use all these little things to make us better, to continually refine us, to take us down a notch on our egos. And it really is a beautiful thing, but great story. I landed it. But David, I want to hear you say that line in a British accent. <laughs> Let's go, David. <laughs> okay. So the line is, would you light me a candle on my birthday? Let's see here. And so I have to, I have to get myself into a British accent. And so, uh, uh, I, if you would be so kind, uh, w- would you care to light me a candle on my birthday? Oh, <laughs> let's go! I, uh, wow, what, what, what some waver? Well, what some people waver. may or may not know, uh, in Unbound or listen to the podcast, is that uh, uh, I am a dungeon master for quite a few D and D campaigns, and so uh, doing a ton of silly voices is like one of my things. So uh, you're basically just cool. asking me to do something that I do every week anyway. So, <laughs> oh my god, now my wheels are spinning. I'm like, what other voices can I? <laughs> <laughs> that is why i let david do the voices it's it's great oh. <laughs> that's so fun yeah but uh yeah that is a phenomenal story and uh i think it's not something that is talked about enough that uh learning from failure and uh just taking failure in stride is such an important part of growth uh something that uh, we have on some of our shirts here at unbound is uh failure is an option is that uh you know we we want to be able to use failure because you know, no matter how good you are at something, you will end up failing at one point or another. Uh, the And it's not when 
uh, or if you are going to fail, rather, it's not if you're going to fail, it's how you deal with that failure when it comes along that is really important. Yeah, so true. All the amens. And I just keep thinking, I wonder if he's just going to do another voice while we're talking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now my mind's like, this is so exciting. And in August, I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm going to come with cue cards, like ready to. <laughs> You can you do like should. what's in a hey, what's another one he can do that we should oh boy. call him out on huh. right now? Can you do a German accent? I feel like you <laughs> Ooh, ooh. See, that's that's, that's a fun one with. because like I have German heritage, but that's I really don't know very much German. Uh <laughs> so if I try to do the German accents, uh, I, I feel like I want I, I want to go and uh, uh, go to the Wurst house and uh, and uh, get some Bratwurst. Uh, yeah, it's it's not fantastic. I, I need more practice on it. My uh, my German grandfather would probably is probably rolling in his grave. But uh. <laughs> hey, I felt good about it. And you know, I so I'll do creative challenges like that with high schoolers or just these different places. It's part of what I do for coaching. It's like challenging people to do different creative expressions and you're, you're like a professional. So I feel like maybe this is a little different for you, but if I were to tell like Abe, go do that voiceover, it might be so uncomfortable where he doesn't want to do it. But once you do it and then you survive it, you're like, Oh my gosh, what else can I do? That's creative. Because I think even putting yourself out, in any big way in a career and a calling and a creative expression can be so scary. And it, but once you push past that, it gets a little easier the next time. And it's just, it's a snowball effect of once you continually put yourself out there, it keeps getting easier and easier. And two, the first thing you ever create in whatever medium or whatever thing you're doing, it's always going to be kind of horrible. So I think there's a grace oh, that needs to come <laughs> with this. Yeah. When yes. you're talking about like creating mm. videos and there's a grace that comes with this of knowing like, sometimes you just got to put it out there and just do the next, get the first one over with and then just keep going. And, and there's freedom in that, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, to, to just sort of like, uh, uh, you know, you've called me a professional, which make, which amuses me greatly because <laughs> this is just, <laughs> I try to be, uh, the, your story also brings me back to, uh, my first time, like, uh, trying to use my skill was, uh, like, I just remember he was in church, uh, a pat of the youth pastor, uh, had me like read a passage aloud, uh, during youth meeting. Uh, and, uh, he said, yeah, man, you're really good. And he, ended up like talking to our lead pastor about it and uh he asked me to come up and like read a scripture passage in front of the whole church uh like and for before the sermon and uh, i had never done this before i was i think about 15 and uh i went up there i was incredibly nervous and i was just like i had read the lines multiple times i had practiced in the mirror done all that stuff but then i was i was going through i had all the lines on a sheet of paper and at one point especially when you're nervous uh if you are reading lines but then you get lost as to where line you're on sometimes you can end up going back and i read the same line twice <laughs> so I didn't even realize it at the time. I didn't even realize it at the time. And then I just went down and there was this moment when I went down and like uh, my my mom was looking at me just like going like, great job, honey. And my dad was just kind of covering his mouth, just kind of snickering. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute. 
And I just looked down at my paper and I'd realized what I'd It's done. like when your mom <laughs> says good job, you're like, <laughs> something Didn't is really off. do a good job at this point, or is she just being mom? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and using your gifts in the local church is huge, too. I love that you brought that up. And <laughs> reading the line twice, oh, gosh. You survived, and you're here now. And I listen, I was doing prep work, listening to you guys in a couple of, of your other shows. And I was like, man, David's voice. And I was wondering, I wonder if he's a voiceover artist. And I think this whole conversation's fun. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And one thing that you just touched on there that I think has been sort of an underlying theme of a lot of what we've talked about this episode is the factor of community, uh, especially for uh, young adults who are looking to find uh, your creative outlet or where they're called to be is that that this is not something that any of us as Christians are called to do on our own. We are created for community. We're created to have like a local body of believers and to find like-minded people who are in similar stages of our life to uh, walk through our life and our struggles with. So I appreciate that you've brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And two, finding others that are in a similar career trajectory or have a similar calling or idea of what they want to do is huge. Cause like Abe, Abe and I, we could probably get off this call and talk about editing software for six hours and leave being so excited about life. And those are the conversations that just fuel you and sustain you. And you never know that person might text you when you had a big failure in your big voiceover moment. And they might be like, keep going. And you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. And just being that encouragement and support for one another is huge. That's why I'm so excited to hang out with everyone in August because I know you guys are rallying the troops and like getting everyone, sorry, not transitioning topic, but kind of rallying the troops and getting everyone together. And it's going to be fun to just see that community building and getting stronger. Let me, let me touch on that. And I do not want to spoil your talk at all. I'm looking forward to that a lot in August. Let's start with this. What are some questions, and we can talk about um, a lot of the principles that you mentioned in your book, um, Dream Come True, as well, but as young people or older people, (laughs) we start to get into pursuing our dreams. What are questions that you wish people would ask more? Um, What are some things, like, I'm sure there's a lot of, like, questions asked to you about, like, uh, how to do this or how to pursue certain things or how to get started, but for you... Uh, speaking to your audience, what would you say is a question that you wished people would understand more or ask more? Mm. I mean, it's one of the most commonly Googled questions of all of humanity, which is what is my purpose, right? When I was in college, we had to do this big thesis video project. It was like the bit, we worked on it all semester and it took everything out of me. It was like a full-time job. And I did all these interviews and it was, it was this, it was a documentary. It was really great. It was 30 minutes long. It was my first big thing. And I showed it. And a week later I went to recap with my professor, but in that week of turning in the project and just living my life, I fell into this huge depression. Like I was so sad and I trusted this professor. So we kind of started talking and I just was like, man, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm like really struggling. And he said, well, did you lose your purpose when you turned in that project? And God used that question to kind of smack me in the face and like in the best way possible 
to realize as a 20 something that my purpose was totally focused on the projects I was doing, even though it was good and God, like God driven projects, I was focused on the wrong thing. And, and, and I placed my identity, my security in that project. So when he asked that, I really had like this come to Jesus moment of like, oh man, God, I'm so sorry. I, I It was good to be wrapped up in it, but it, it was becoming who I was. And when that thing was let go, and I think we can do that in a lot of different ways. Um, and so the question is, what is my purpose? I, and this isn't something I made up. This is from uh, a popular doctrine. The Westminster Catechism has said this a lot. Our pastors have taught this, but I say our purpose is to glorify and enjoy God. And we can do that in every, in the every single day moments of life of hanging out with family, hanging out with friends, um, walking out our life. Do we have joy? Are we displaying godly fruit? And we can do that when we're working on those bigger projects or pursuing those big dreams. Those are bigger moments to glorify and enjoy God in the things we're creating and the way we're impacting the world and our spheres of influence. But I think if we were to glamorize that thing or that point of arrival, we're going to have an identity crisis. But if we, if we walk on purpose for the glory of God and the good of others, that keeps our focus centered on triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're able to continue to do the hard things and even the mundane, boring things that he invites us to step into. Love that. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, bringing in things, uh, here a little bit, uh, one thing we wanted to make sure that we, uh, asked you about, uh, before we wrap up here is, uh, your latest book that has come out, uh, dream come true. Uh, I've had a chance to, uh, read, uh, a little bit in it and I haven't, uh, quite gotten very far in it, but so far I've quite enjoyed, uh, what I've gotten to read. And so, yeah, just tell us a little bit about, uh, the book, uh, if people might be interested in it. Yeah. So this, so it was fun. Cause when I signed on to do this book with my publisher, it was actually a two book deal. So they actually, it was untitled and we had no theory around it or anything. So I was pitching like 20 book ideas and nothing felt good. We're all like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. And then I started looking at my life and the things that I loved. And when I get emotional and start crying every day I watch American Idol when people are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing in life. And like, you know, like started like analyzing what makes me come alive. And it was when people step into their calling. And so because I ignored my calling for ministry for a decade, I, I took that those lessons and obviously studying through scripture, we see in Moses's life, he has this huge, big calling to go free the Israelites. And so I write from that point of what can we learn here from Moses' story? I'm not calling us all Moses, but what can we learn from his story and um, implement into our own lives as we step into the calling? So the book is broken into three parts. And the first part is just laying that foundation of what does it actually look like when God calls us to do something? Um, and we can see that he calls us based on the passions he gives us and, and the different um, talents we have. And so it kind of goes through that in analyzing uh, those things of like understanding how God's calling you. And then the middle part are the excuses that we all make. Like, I'm not good enough. No one's going to believe me. All those excuses. And then the final part is like, okay, now it's time to take action. And here's how you actually do it. So it's super practical, hands-on. It's like an interactive guide. And I love 
this book because it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. So when you finish one of the lessons, it'll be like, okay, do you want to work on this or are you ready to take action and go here? So you get to kind of navigate your own journey because no one's journey is the same in walking out their calling. We all, it can, me and Abe can be called to the same thing, go edit this project. But the way we show that is going to, we're going to walk it out differently. We're going to, that timeline's going to look different. The final project will look different. So I think we always think, oh, it's going to look like this, but our journeys are also different and unique. So the book helps people walk out their unique calling in whatever way. And, and, and two, it's very specifically for a dream that somebody has now. So I believe we all should be dreaming, um, in season. We all can have different dreams throughout our life. I don't think we're called to one thing. We can all have different dreams throughout our life. And my husband, he's like, I'm not a dreamer. So he is like the go-to dream supporter. I think people are like, I want to have a dream. I've had a lot of people like, what if I don't have a dream? I would prayerfully consider maybe you're in a season of dream supporting. And in that same vein, this resource, like parents oftentimes are dream supporters. They can help their kids walk out their calling and their dreams. Yeah. That's, that was that's a lot amazing. I just threw at you. Sorry. No, that was amazing. Uh, we needed that. Do some so. more voices. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, hey, um, I know David's been diving into the book. I plan to myself. I, I'm excited. This is, it sounds really cool. And I, I think just kind of on that point, one thing that I, I think it's one of those like very, very small God moments where he just uses something random to teach you something. But I was literally watching YouTube and um, a video about like military history and the differences between special forces and the SEALs. And they're talking about how you have like the SEALs are the hard hitters. Special forces are the people who go into different difficult situations and they do the long term work. And just understanding like, huh, a lot of times we look at a certain group of people, like you said, or even it's just a certain dream. And you're like, all right, that's what I want. When we don't, going back to the beginning of this conversation, talk about obedience. And we forget that God has called us to maybe, like you said, a season of support or a season to pursue your dream. And it's so easy to get distracted and be like, oh, that's what I want. Um, Instead of realizing, hey, what? who am I right now? <laughs> what season am I in right now? And what has God truly called me to? And I love that. I'm really encouraged by that. And um, kind of as a as a last uh, question to wrap this up as well. Um, yeah. Is there anything that as we look forward to August and getting ready for Apex? Um, yeah. Again, we will be hearing a lot more from your session, but is there anything that you want students or parents to understand about your talk, kind of a little preview. Yeah, I think the greatest thing um, that I'm excited to talk about is how we all are living out our own life stories, right? And so many different things shape who we are, like failed voiceover (laughs) attempts or words, things other people have spoken over us, or even our talents and abilities help shape that life story. Um, our, our history, our successes, our relationships, all these different things make up who we are. And that is wonderful and good and needed. And it's great to be self-aware in those moments. But when we can place God's story first, and when I say God, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when his story comes before all of that, it helps us live 
our life through this biblical lens so we can analyze those failures. We can analyze those successes. We can walk in freedom in our gifts and in our talents and, and know that the one who has created the ultimate story has gifted us this beautiful opportunity to commune with him and to steward the things he's invited us to steward. And um, what I'm going to be sharing with you all is just like, man, let's get the guts to go after it and do the things God has for us and to step into his great story, knowing that he's the creator of it all, but we get to steward things right alongside him and he's going to be equipping us every step of the way and that we're not alone in it. So I, I could preach for hours, so I'll just peel back a little, but that that's what I'm excited for. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that that sounds fantastic. That sounds like it is going to perfectly fit in with the theme of Apex. And yeah, I I think uh, myself and I hope the rest of the community is phenomenally excited to hear you. Oh, thank you. I can't wait. Hey, I watched the preview video from last year and I'm like, I'm all fired up to come. <laughs> so many fun moments. Well, we did our job. Uh, yeah, it's a blast. It, it is a fantastic event. And I'm we're, again, as a community, we're very excited to have you at the event. It's something where there's the recap videos, but I think everyone who's been likes to say that, yeah, it's experience. It's something that you go and experience and you talk with everyone and you get to experience community, as you mentioned. So we are all very much looking forward to it and having you there. Awesome. Well, can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah. All right. So in closing, uh, Jenny, so just let everyone know uh, uh, who might be listening today uh, where they can uh, learn more about you and find the different projects that you're involved in. Yeah. So uh, my main website is JennyRandall.com. And then I'm on Instagram. I don't know if the kids these days are on Instagram, but my <laughs> We still <laughs> are. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Jenny.Randall is my username. Um, and then my, my ministry, Freedom Creative Stuff, is at FreedomCreatives.com. All right. Thanks. Well, <laughs> yes, ab absolutely. Uh, thank you, Jenny, so much for uh, coming on the podcast. We loved having you on and uh, we are looking forward to seeing you in August. Thanks so much. Well, David, you finally were able to use a lot more of your voices uh, on the episode. <laughs> I am both proud and happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I uh, I did not go into this podcast thinking I was going to be breaking out any of those voices, but uh, I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you ever want other voices, you know where to go. Also, if you want to learn more about Jenny, her ministry, her books, all those cool things, do check out the links in the show notes below. You've heard her mention her social media and all those things. Uh, again, linked below. Do check her out. And we are very much looking forward to seeing her at Apex. If you're listening to this post-Apex, hello from the past. Get in contact with us. Uh, check out her stuff. And uh, tell us if you've learned anything from her sessions and from her material. We're looking forward to that. And so if you are joining us for the first time, uh, we here at Unbound are a project-based education company, and our program is called Ascend uh, that we talk about around here all the time. It is a three-year program that 
equips young adults with real life skills and experience that they can use in the real world and that they will use in day-to-day -day life. And so if you're interested in learning more about our Ascend program that uh, goes over three years and gets college credit and has a job guarantee attached to it, make sure to visit beunbound.us slash ascend to learn more about that. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. If you would like to check out some more of our different shows, we have a few different kinds. We have our Unbound Talks series, where we sit down with some of our staff and talk about Unbound's educational philosophy. We have Unbound Conversations, which is one of these episodes where we have guests from outside of Unbound join us on the podcast. And we also have Unbound Pursuits, which is where we feature some current or former students of Unbound who are out in the real world doing some really cool things. So if you have uh, completed this episode with us, make sure to check out uh, some of the rest of our shows. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. As always, be Unbound. Thank you.